Welcome in, everybody, to Betting Pros. It's time to place your bets. It's me, Joey P. Joe Pisa P, and it's week 13 in the NFL. It's time to look ahead to the games, and what a fun weekend it was, and holiday special, too. Ooh, baby. We nailed the Turkey Day parlay, Andrew Erickson and I. Hopefully, you enjoyed Thanksgiving. I'm sure, for Thanksgiving night, your, uh, your bellies were full and your wallets were full, because that was a good one. And I know these two cheeseheads loved the way that Thanksgiving started off sam hoppin pat fitzmore is joining me today we're going to break down the games we've got a shorter slate week 13 everyone's taking some time off for themselves but not us no no we keep going here on betting pros every single chance we get don't forget make sure you drop a comment below subscribe to the betting pros youtube channel right now do it and click that bell till it goes ding because you can win a one-year free premium upgrade to betting pros so go ahead and get in on the action right now and if you haven't already Download that Betting Pros app on iOS, especially because you get three free days of premium to check out the goods. And again, if you want to shot a one year of premium for free, drop the comments and you just might get it because it's the holiday season. We're doing fun stuff. Pat Fitzmorris, uh, Sam, it's great to see you guys. I know you're in a good mood. You guys are full of Packer wins and turkey and assorted other side dishes. Uh, but it's time to get back to work. And we've got to start here with Thursday night football. The Dallas Cowboys coming off a huge performance. Dak Prescott sends them to eight and three with four touchdowns. The Seattle Seahawks are six and five after a tough loss to the 49ers. They go on the road to Dallas where Dallas has been so good at home. Pat, this one is eight and a half right now on the consensus line of betting pros. 46 and a half is the total and the Seattle upset on the money line at plus 315. So Pat, uh, does Dallas continue to roll or is this the perfect short week trap game as they're looking ahead to their rematch with the Eagles next week. It does feel a little like a short week trap game, Joe. And, uh, you know, it was interesting. This game opened at seven and a half on Sunday night, and it's already moved a point toward the Cowboys. Uh, I guess people doubt that Seattle can go toe to toe with a top level opponent after the way they played on Thanksgiving night against the 49ers. But man, I like this as a bounce back spot for Seattle. Like, I don't think they're going to lay eggs Two weeks in a row, uh, you mentioned it, Dallas, maybe this is a, a bit of a look-ahead game for them. And uh, I just, like, I like getting this many points with Seattle. And I'm even a little a little interested in the money line, Joe. It was plus 330 on DraftKings uh, right before this show. So I might just do a little something on the money line, but Ooh, uh, a, a nice one or two unit bet on Seattle, I think. You are braver than I am. I'm not there on the money line, but I am there with Seattle in the points. Sam, I'm curious to see where you land because this number has moved overnight, uh, an extra point there, as Pat was telling us. And to me, uh, as somebody who's been backing Dallas, especially Dallas at home, it feels a little weird to be a little gun shy on them. But I feel like Seattle's the right side of this game to be on. I think the Cowboys win, but I think Seattle might keep this one a little closer. But what do you think? Is Is Seattle really just overmatched here by Dallas? I think they are. I mean, if you look at the way that Seattle's offense has performed the last four weeks, their success rate, EPA per drive, passing EPA per play, all these advanced stats are just in the bottom eight of the league. And Dallas continues to be just a powerhouse. I think they have, what, six 20-plus point victories this year. Like, they are beating up on the inferior opponents that – they play and and while I wouldn't consider Seattle in the class of of teams like Washington they just haven't looked like a a competitive team the last several weeks I mean they they eked out a win against the 
uh, excuse me, the Browns a couple weeks ago. And Dallas has, I think, an opportunity if they get out to an early lead to just put them away. They are second in the league in pressure rate over the past four weeks. First overall on the season, they, they've been blitzing a ton as well. And, and Gino's been okay against the blitz, but I just think there's too much firepower on the Cowboys side of things. Dak is playing at an MVP level right now. So I, I, I struggle to take Dallas with that many points. I mean, again, I think if I were to approach this game, I'd rather stretch that out even more to maybe 12 13 points on an, an alternate line just because of the way they have been playing like i said but i'm i probably don't have a current lean on this game right now all right let's go to the next one here on the list let's go to the sunday games kicking things off here with the indianapolis uh game against the tennessee titans they're going to travel to tennessee they are uh two point favorites on the road in tennessee are the colts 42 and a half is the number plus 110 if you like the titans on the money line sam uh, this one to me feels about right. If anything, I'm looking towards the under potentially in this game. Uh, I just still, even though, you know, Will Evans will be at home and Derrick Henry had a good game, it still feels to me like that offense has its issues. And I think we can agree on that. The question is, can the Colts defense continue to suppress uh, the opposing offenses of teams like the Tennessee Titans? I'm leaning the under. That's the most attractive thing to me here. But anything really popped to you in this one? Yeah, the under is one thing that did pop out to me. Tennessee is by far one of the slowest paced teams in the league. They tend to run the ball a ton, especially with Derrick Henry, which keeps the clock moving as they're going. I typically do love Colts and overs because they are one of the, the fastest paced teams. But I think in this matchup, when Gardner Minshew, he, he's played well, but I think still has a wide range of outcomes, has a chance to you know, keep this game close and, and keep it towards the under. I, I want to I want to bet on the Colts. I think I'd rather play them on the money line than with the point and a half or two points. But I think the under is the right play for right now. Pat, do you agree here that the under might be the most appealing early value here on this game? I'm not really interested in it, Joe. Like, I, I agree that, I don't know, maybe it's the slightly percentage better percentage play than the over, but I don't really like the total in this one. Part of it is that Gardner Minshew has faced this murderer's row of pass defenses in his seven starts this year, like Ravens, uh, Browns, Jaguars. I think he's faced four top 10 teams in pass defense DVOA, and every team he's faced in his seven starts has been top 21. So like this is the first time he's facing a team that's ranked like near the bottom of the league in pass defense DVOA. The Titans are 28th. So um, maybe he does a little bit more business than he's been doing recently. And um, yeah, boy, I don't really like either side of the total here, Joe. And I, I don't like either side. Like I just, I can't go against hey, Mike. Stay ways to stay away. Pat. Yeah. I can't go against Vrabel as a, uh, you know, like a home dog against a respectable, but not like truly good team. Like, I, mm -hmm. I just, you know, it's a good thing I've given up betting Colts games, Joe, because I, I don't want to touch this one. <laughs> that, that, that's a good it's a good practice, I think. Go ahead, Sam. Pat, you mentioned Vrabel at home. I mean, I think Shane Steichen should easily be in the Coach of the Year conversation yeah. right now. I mean, with what he's done with the Colts, I mean, if the season ends today, the Colts are in the playoffs as a wildcard team after their number one quarterback went down the uh, – their fourth overall pick uh, in the draft and 
probably possibly one of the worst rosters in the league heading into this se- this season. I think at this point, Steichen probably has the coaching advantage over Mike Vrabel. You know, it's funny. Uh, Sam is echoing everything I just talked about with Pat on the Fantasy Pro Show this morning, too, which is how much I'm going to love the Colts next year because I love Steichen. I love Anthony Richardson. I love that JT is in the fold. Like, I, I'm i going to be very in on the Colts in uh, 2024. But uh, this week in week 13, if that money line was a little bigger, if you were giving me, like, plus 210 on the Titans, then I'm listening. But right now, the plus 110, I'm just looking the under. Let's look to the Los Angeles Chargers who are chasing their tail to the New England Patriots they go who are chasing the number one overall pick in this year's upcoming NFL draft. Uh, New England is six point home underdogs in this one. Maybe that's too much. I don't know. 40 and a half is the number plus 210 on the New England Patriots money line. Oh, Pat, uh, this is a a tricky one here. Confidence in the Chargers is hard to come by, especially uh, where I stand. I was right, though, however, about the Baltimore Ravens not being favored by enough in that game on Sunday night, despite the fact it was not a thrilling contest by any stretch of the means. But this is a tough one here because the Patriots offense is having all sorts of problems. They can't move the football. The Chargers coming up with a very low total in their game this past Sunday night. So what do you make of this from an early Lions standpoint? Is there any value at all? I don't know, Joe. I'm I'm pretty repulsed, to be honest with you. And the first mm. thing that struck me is just like the Chargers as a six-point road favorite. Really? Against <laughs> in New anyone? England. What world are we living in? Yeah, I know. Tra- traveling cross-country for an early start. So, I mean, I'm leaning Patriots here. As grotesque as that feels, Joe. Um, like, and, and we've seen the Patriots lay eggs at home, although they did manage to knock off Buffalo at home. So, uh, man, like as, as little confidence as I have in this Patriots offense, I think I'm going to take them in the points this week. Cause I just, I can't wrap my head around this star crossed charger team being favored by almost a touchdown on the road. It just, my head cannot get around this. I understand. Um, Sam, I don't know if you want to echo the sentiments of Pat here, but this is really tough because you have this weird rotation at quarterback here. It feels like everything in New England is just imploding on itself and the Chargers are right there with them. So that becomes very difficult to kind of figure out a side to take in this game. But do you have one? I don't. I mean, I think I, I made this game New England plus four when I was first looking at it. So getting six points theoretically should mean I should be taking the Patriots here, but it's, it's so tough. I mean, the quarterback play is, is so abysmal for the Patriots, whether it's Mac Jones or Bailey Zappi. I do think that this could present a potential live betting opportunity with the chargers, depending on how they come out of the gates. The Patriots rush defense has been exceptional all year. They have the number one ranked, Uh, rush defense in terms of EPA per play and success rate. So if the Chargers do come out passing the ball, then I'd be more inclined to start adding some Chargers lines to my portfolio. But uh, without knowing what they're going to do, because again, they still have Austin Eckler, who theoretically is is a good running back, but I think is better for fantasy than as an actual running back at this point. But I'm, I'm not touching this right now. Yeah, uh, the live one is an interesting wager there. And look, process tells you, I agree, the Patriots are probably the side to be on. But 
it feels really hard to be confident about that after what we've seen the last few weeks from them. The Detroit Lions coming off a tough Thanksgiving Day loss. Eight and three they are now going against the five and six New Orleans Saints. This one's in New Orleans. Detroit is still three and a half point favorites in this one at minus 108. That's the consensus line at betting pros. 45 and a half is the total. And you've got plus 160 on New Orleans to win. Now that Lattimore injury was a bad one. Obviously, they missed him less last week. Also, Olave getting hurt. Shahid getting hurt. Sam, a lot of injuries here for the Saints. I would jump on this Detroit line now at three and a half because i feel like over the week this one's gonna grow this is one of my favorite early ones and you are nodding your head so it feels like sammy ball game is with me let's preach let's go yes i mean you you listed all of the injuries michael thomas was put on ir before this game chris Olave left with a concussion rashid he left the game with a thigh injury like they're they're down to lynn bowden and at perry as their top receiving options now i think chris olave probably has a, a decent chance to play in this game but cam jordan also left with a shin injury in the game i mean i i don't know what you've seen from the saints that makes you think they're they're going to be able to keep it close in this point i think you're buying detroit at a, a sort of a low point in after an embarrassing loss on thanksgiving they <clears throat> excuse me went for it on on fourth down a, a bunch of times in that game obviously and it, it didn't go their way but if some of those do then there's a chance that they come away with that victory i think the lions too have a massive massive coaching advantage i think dan campbell is much better than than dennis allen so i i couldn't have gotten on this detroit lions line quicker this morning yeah, uh, I'm with you, Sam. Uh, Pat, uh, this also feels like, you know, I, I think the secret sauce there, too, was the pass rush that the Packers got on Jared Goff. He was just looking for uh, his life uh, running around all day long there trying to avoid that. I'm not sure necessarily that New Orleans is capable of putting that kind of pressure on them. And I know it's a road game, and I, and I know we should be, you know, maybe theoretically a little bit more you know, respectful of New Orleans, but with all the injuries, with all the circumstances, and plus coming off that bad, embarrassing loss with some extra time to prepare, I'm with Sam. I am all in here early because I think this three and a half easily gets to four and a half or maybe even five and a half by the time we get to Sunday. I'm with you guys. I've already bet the Lions, uh, not only all the injuries uh, that you mentioned, but Joe, uh, you said it, the extra prep time and the fact that the Lions obviously have a bad taste in their mouth, like losing to the Packers at home in a game that everyone in America was watching, basically. So they're motivated. And uh, can I can I interest you guys in the under in this game? Like the the total moved from forty four and a half to forty five and a half. Um, it, it's gone up a point, and I kind of like the under because the Saints don't have much of a running game at all. And while we have seen teams carve up the Lions through the air lately, including the Packers, I might add, um, Derek Carr has been having all sorts of trouble getting the ball into the end zone. Like he is just not able to seal the deal once the Saints get inside the red zone or even inside the 30, to be honest. So um, plus like, yeah, maybe uh, Dennis Allen is the inferior head coach here, but I do have a lot of faith in Dennis Allen defensively getting it done. The Saints are still a pretty good defensive team even without Marshawn Lattimore. So I don't think the Lions are going to go crazy offensively. So I sort of like the Lions and the under in this one. Uh, 
by the way, since we started the show, this number's already moved on FanDuel, at least. It's up to four and a half. So there you have it, everybody. Uh, everybody seems to agree, so get in as soon as you can on this one before it gets out of control. Uh, next one here, the unlikely 7-4 Pittsburgh Steelers will be at home. They are five and a half point favorites against the Arizona Cardinals right now. Uh, the number for this game in consensus is 40, which feels about right to me. Uh, plus 200 for Arizona in the upset. The Cardinals... Really struggled yesterday against the Rams. Pat, I imagine they will struggle on the road here against Pittsburgh. I know with Matt Canada gone, there's a new excitement here with the offense of the Pittsburgh Steelers. The first 400 yards of offense they've had in four seasons. But still looking at the Pittsburgh Steelers, is five and a half too much? It might be, Joe. Every time I feel confidence in the Steelers, mm -hmm. I bet them and they burn me severely. So I'm not really interested in uh, either side here. I'm kind of interested in the over, though. Like the Steelers averaged 6.2 yards per play in their first game without Matt Canada as the play caller. Uh, they they look pretty good on offense, like didn't score as many points as they should have given that they were over 400 yards of offense. And like this Arizona offense is spunky too with Kyler Murray. So I, I think we're going to see more than 39 and a half or 40 points in this one, but I don't really like either side. Sam, I'm confident in the Steelers victory, but I'm just not confident in the five and a half. Can you get me there? No, I can't. I took the Cardinals with those <laughs> with the points this morning. I mean, I think it's the better quarterback getting the points. Kenny Pickett has has still not played well this year, despite him having a probably his best game uh, this past week against the Bengals. But the fact that they came away with a single digit win against uh, a team starting uh, God, I can't remember the the Bengals quarterback name, but it's browning yeah browning like i i think with this lower total too there there's a chance that the cardinals keep it close they have been pretty successful rushing the ball with kyler murray and james connor back as well so give me arizona with the points here yeah, that 40 I don't care for, but the Arizona side is where I'm leaning to. This next one's one of my favorite early ones. I want to jump on this one. The Atlanta Falcons travel to New York. They are two and a half point favorites there. 34 is the number for this game. If you like the Jets for the upset, uh, it's plus 120 on the consensus betting pros line. And again, don't forget to download the betting pros app and make sure you're using it so you can make sure you're tracking all of these. Use the game notifications so you know what's going on when the line alerts, so you know exactly when these lines all move, because that is crucial. It's not just what games to bet, it's when to bet them. Uh, and it feels like, Sam, after finally weeks and weeks, months of torture of waiting for Bijan Robinson to just touch the football as much as humanly possible, we're starting to get more of that. That confidence in Bijan is why I am confident in the Falcons. I think the Falcons defense is pretty good. I think the Jets quarterback play is absolutely atrocious. There's no way out of it. It's a downward spiral to hell for the New York Jets quarterback situation. I'm in on the Falcons on the road. Not something I say very often, but where are you for this game? Joe, you might have been the first person to use the word confident and Falcons in the same sentence this and year. And road. Don't forget yeah. the road part. <laughs> I mean, it, it, as far as I can tell, like they could throw this game on Friday afternoon again and and just sort of skip past it. But the, the Jets defense is undoubtedly the best unit in this game. I think, God, 34 and a half point total is just, it's so low. Desmond Ritter has struggled. I mean, between him and, and Derek Carr on Sunday, they were just having a battle to see who could play worse in the in the red zone. So I 
kind of like the Jets here. I mean, I think I'd prefer to to tease them out to eight, eight and a half points, especially again with such a low total. I think Tim Boyle, who I believe they already announced would be the starter for this game, will have slightly better success being able to move the ball against the Falcons than the Miami Dolphins. The Jets do have a slight rest advantage here. So if I'm gun to my head choosing a side, it's it's teasing the Jets out with with something else. I feel like the Falcons smell winning this division now after that win against the Saints. I think they recognize that this is a tough matchup against the Jets here, but the Jets offense, I think, is just going to make mistakes that are going to hand this game over to the Falcons, whether it be interceptions, fumbles, short fields. I think they're going to present the Falcons with a W, and as long as they keep the ball in Bijan Robinson's hands more than Desmond Ritter's, I think they should come out with a victory. But, Pat, what do you think? Could be Joe. Did you did you say you were uh, excited about this game? Because uh, I'm excited to bet this game, not oh to watch goodness. this game. Yeah, I'm they're... not going to watch it uh, if I can avoid it. Yeah, but, if know. I watch this, it's going to be because my eyes are pried open, clockwork orange <laughs> style, and uh, I'm being forced to. Um, I, I think I'd rather watch one of those uh, electric football games where you turn it on and the board vibrates and the fun. players go all those over the place randomly. More entertaining football than this game is going to produce. That's actually what the Jets' offense looks like. People are it just does. vibrating randomly on the field with and, no, uh, no direction whatsoever. Yeah, I just I wish I could have your level of confidence in Arthur Smith's offense against the <laughs> no, Jets' no. defense. And I'm I'm kind of kick. I'm not going to bet either side. I, I just don't like either side of this. I wish I had taken the under when it was 35 on Sunday night on DraftKings. Now it's 34 on DraftKings. I might still have to just grab it at 34 and a half on FanDuel because, yeah, this game is going to be I, – I can't see this game getting to 30 points. Like, I just can't. The post-game press conferences locally after the game here, I, I watched a bunch of them because I live in the New York area. This feels like a team that is done. They are they they sound done. They are sound that they're over it. The Jets sound like, you know, I got no answers. They've got no answers. They're four and seven. And I think the Falcons are like, hey, we are in this thing. Let's go. And I think it goes back to some of those teams like who needs the game more? I think the Falcons need it. They smell it. I think they're going to come out with a W. Uh, you know, minus 145 is a little too much juice here. So I'll take the two and a half at minus 114 because I think they can win by a field goal. Uh, Miami travels to Washington. Washington always gets up, Pat, for the bigger opponents. So, I mean, they didn't get up for Thanksgiving, but, you know, that's that's a different story. They'll be at home against the Dolphins. The Dolphins are nine and a half point favorites. 50 is the number for this game. Plus 350 on the money line for Washington. Pat, do you see any early value in this one? Oh, man, I don't, Joe. I mean, nine and a half seems like a lot of points to give it a does. home team with a spunky passing game. But, man, the Dolphins could just pour on the points on this Washington pass defense. Like, um, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle are just going to go berserk in this game. So, if, if anything, mm -hmm. I might bet the over here. Nine and a half points is just too much for me, but I can't bet Washington either. That's the hard part. I'm in a rock and a hard place with this game too. Sam, maybe you've got some stats from the laboratory to help give us some clarity because I think Pat and I need some here. Yeah, for me, I'm probably betting the under here. The Miami Dolphins okay. are are struggling with some injuries. They lost Jalen Phillips, which is just a huge, huge loss. Javon Holland yes. got hurt in the game. Teron Armstead is week to week. So Nothing to like the, the offensive playmakers, which obviously drives this team, but just a couple, a, a number of key players who could and, and likely will miss this game. Now, 
the reason I like the under is because these are two of the, again, slowest paced teams in the league. They both rank in the bottom eight in neutral script seconds per play. They both use no huddle at the uh, bottom five rate in the league. So it, as good as these offenses have shown they can be, I mean, obviously the, the Dolphins have one of the best explosive play rates in the league this year. I just think they both sort of play it super slow. I think, you know, we get something like the Dolphins potentially playing against the Jets where they just have some of these longer drives that take five, six, seven minutes and are able to salt away a a lead. And with a 15 and a half point total, you need a, a lot to go right. You can't have, you know, any of these uh, red zone turnovers, things like that. So I I'd bet the under here and that's, that's how I'd play it right now. All right. Uh, last of the one o'clock games, the Denver Broncos keep grinding out victories the last few weeks. They are now six and five, quite a turnaround for Russell Wilson, quite a turnaround for this defense. They are three point underdogs as they travel to Houston coming off a, a tough loss to the Jaguars. You know, Houston showed some of their inexperience. I think in that game, it's a moments, some of the play calling suspect, especially that fourth and one late in the game, you know, trying to throw the ball 15 yards downfield to Dalton Schultz when all they needed was one. Uh, I just, I did not care for that. Uh, I thought that was a bad play call and it did come back to haunt them later in that game uh, by that missed field goal. 46 and a half is the number for this one. Plus 140 for Denver on the money line. Sam, this is an interesting one here because I think all of us immediately will go to Houston. You know, Houston's been a very solid team. Stroud has played great. Yes, it was a disappointing week. They bounce back, but the Denver Broncos have been very formidable. They have been, like I said, grinding out victories. Can they grind out another one here at plus 140? I think they've got a chance to. So they they obviously allowed the 70 points to the Dolphins all the way back in, I think it was week three or four. In the Broncos' five-game winning streak that they have going on, they've allowed just 80 total points on defense. And that's an average of about 16 per game. Now, I think, again, this is similar to the, the Chargers line I, I mentioned earlier of how does the... How do the Broncos play this game early on? Because they have the sixth lowest pass rate over expectation this year. If they run the ball against this Texans defense, which is fifth in EPA per play rush allowed, fifth or excuse me, fourth in rushing success rate allowed, then I think the Texans are going to have a, a great chance to win. Russell Wilson has made some good throws. I mean, doesn't look like he's playing nearly as bad as he was last year, but I think CJ Stroud will be able to take advantage of this Broncos defense as well. They are, excuse me, the Broncos are blitzing a ton, but CJ Stroud has a 78 and a half PFF grade against the blitz this year, which is eighth highest in the league. I think they'll, they'll probably get Noah Brown back in this game. I, I just continue to buy into the the Houston Texans and CJ Stroud they're it this call this my fandom or, or just loving what they're doing this year I, I agree that that third and third and one and then fourth and one play call was one, that was, was one, very yeah. suspect uh just knowing what they sort of needed but overall I I think this team in general is just much much better than the Broncos and it's going to to play out this way 
All right, Pat, how do you think this one plays out? To me, I keep going to the individuals. I've been betting the over on the CJ Stroud passing yards every week, pretty much, and it's worked three of the last four times for me. Uh, the Tank Dale anytime touchdown score. I'm looking more at the individuals for this game because I think this one is really tough to gauge, but it, this is a game I do want to watch in the one o'clock hour. So how about you? What do you think about this contest between the Houston Texans and the Denver Broncos? I actually love the Broncos here, Joe. And um, I can understand you know, that. Like can Houston that. is a fun team. I get why Sam loves them. I love them too. Like they have been uh, like the surprise enjoyable team to watch of the 2023 season, but they are overvalued in the betting markets now and have been for weeks. And that's why I smashed the Jaguars last week and I'm going to smash the Broncos this week. And this opened at Houston minus three and it's already moved towards the Texans at minus three and a half. The Broncos have won five straight, as Sam mentioned earlier, and it's not like that has been a cupcake buffet. They beat the Bills and Chiefs as part of that win streak, and like their defense has tightened up considerably. They can still be had a little bit on the run, but they've gotten much tougher against the pass. So I think they might actually match up pretty well. Um, you know, Sam mentioned like blitzing C.J. Stroud is a little dangerous, but I do think they can slow down this Texans pass offense. Um, I, I think the Broncos getting three and a half are a nice bet. All right, let's move to the next one here, a four o'clock game. Tampa Bay at four seven will host the Carolina Panthers one in 10 with a new head coach because Frank Reich is out. Uh, Tampa is six point favorites in this game. 37 and a half is the number and plus 215 on the Panthers money line. Now, oftentimes, Pat, when a head coach gets fired, I run right to bet the money line on that team. I'm not doing that this week. Uh, I think, you know, Tampa has had some ups and downs in these last few weeks. They've been respectable. They've been competitive. They're good up front, which is the one thing I keep coming back to, which is where obviously the deficit of the Carolina Panthers lies. So do you think that they get any bounce out of this Frank Reich firing? Do you think the six is too many points? What do you think about Tampa and the Panthers? I don't think we see the fired coach bounce, Joe. It does not feel Me like neither. a ding dong, the witch is dead <laughs> type situation like we saw with the Raiders and Josh McDaniel. Like this does not have that same feel to it. I can't lay five points with the Buccaneers and, and you know, this one open it's like, I just can't do that, but I don't want to bet the Panthers either, especially when I have so much concerns about their ability to block the Buccaneers front. So I, I'm just staying away from this one. How about you, Sam? Do you see any early value on this one? So I actually kind of like the Panthers on the money line and it's, it, there's a couple of reasons for that. One, it's, you're leaning into this variance. We have a lot of unknowns in this game, obviously with the, the Panthers and the coaching side of things, sort of what they're going to end up doing without Frank Reich. But on the Buccaneers side of the ball, Baker Mayfield got banged up. Now we did just get news that the MRI on his ankle was negative for ligament damage, which is good, but there's a chance he potentially could sit out this game. And then you've got Kyle Trask, uh, who still might be a better quarterback than than Bryce Young at this point, but there it, it's it's what I think I would consider a high entropy game, a game in which there could be a lot of different ways for this to play out, and you're just sort of buying into the variance and targeting the plus money outcome to hopefully again get the the benefit if there is a lot of variance. So. It's not, it has nothing to do with liking the Panthers or, or anything that they've doing. It's more so just a, uh, a percentage play and hoping that you, you land on the right side of the variance with the Panthers. 
All right. Well, the Eagles have continued to land on the right side of the variance. Every close game, they tend to come out with a victory. They're 10 and one. They're at home. They're taking on the San Francisco 49ers in a big time NFC matchup. And man, the Eagles have been running this gauntlet. They are beating the Chiefs. They've beaten the Bills. They beat the Cowboys. They've now have the San Francisco 49ers and the Cowboys again. The schedule is the toughest there is. And yet, with all these victories, they are underdogs in their own building. Sam, I understand the 49ers have played really well in the last few weeks. I get that. Uh, I think that the Eagles are going to take this personally. I like the plus 120 on the money line for the Eagles. 46 and a half is the number. Uh, tell me I'm wrong, Sam. I want to hear this conversation. What do you think about 49ers-Eagles, which is the marquee matchup of the day for sure? This is going to be a great game. I'm really looking forward to it. If you use two to one and a half points as home field advantage, this line would suggest that the 49ers are about three and a half or four points better than the Eagles on a neutral field. Now, in Predictable, which uses past, past performances and, and upcoming betting lines to come up with team power ratings, actually says that that's about right, but that feels like a lot to me. So I think I would lean with the Eagles. Now, Lane Johnson missed the game yesterday against the Buffalo Bills. I think Philadelphia might need him to have a good chance because Nick Bosa lines up almost exclusively, you know, right across from right tackles. So I I think this is a game where, again, I want to take the home dog in Philadelphia, but I'm waiting a little bit to get some positive news on Lane Johnson, because while I don't think he truly moves the market that much from a, a point spread perspective i do think it it could change the outcome of the game pat uh fletcher cox also had that groin injury that's a big piece if you don't have that up front uh the eagles are just so good on both sides of the ball up front uh, and i think that's you know at the end of the day we could talk all we want about all the evolution of the nfl but that's that's still what wins football games in a lot of ways and hurts has been outstanding hurts to me is the mvp and, and uh, i don't know why he's not getting enough hype for it maybe he is he's pretty high up on the board but pat how do you see this one this is the game everybody wants to see i've been on the eagles the last few weeks I've been making money on the money line. I feel like the Eagles take this one personally, and I think they see that buy sitting out there, and they win this game. They know they've pretty much locked up that buy, and I think that is a huge thing. There's only one of those teams now in the last few years that gets that. Yeah, and you mentioned how the Eagles have been fighting their way through tough competition, Joe. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that the 49ers were on a three-game losing streak, and now they're favored in Philly, and – when I saw this open up as uh, the 49ers being one and a half point favorites on Sunday night, I kind of thought that by today that line would move a little bit more towards the Eagles. No, it actually went up to two and a half. Like uh, it's not moving in the direction I thought it was going to move. I do understand that the 49ers can probably throw a heavier punch than any team in the NFL right now. Like when that offense is clicking, they are just basically impossible to stop. But uh, at the same time, like we saw the 49ers defense look pretty dreadful during that losing streak, especially that game against the Vikings. If their pass rush doesn't get home and, you know, if, if Lane Johnson is OK, this Eagles offensive line is pretty terrific and can maybe handle that pass rush like A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith can definitely do business against the 49ers cornerback. So, um, yes, the, the 49ers can land a heavy punch, but that doesn't mean they can't get outboxed by another really good team. 
uh, look, color me skeptical too. You beat up on the Seahawks, you beat up on the Buccaneers, you beat up on the Jaguars defense, their secondary. Like, yeah, uh, okay, uh, that's great. This is the Eagles now. This is the team that went to the Super Bowl. This is a team that's 10 and 1. I just don't think they're getting enough respect right now. I don't know what they've got to do to earn it. The pass rush is ferocious. I get it. I'm also still skeptical that Brock Purdy can go into a hostile building and go win you a big game. I want to see that. I have not seen that yet really happen. I mean a real hostile building because Philly is a hostile environment. Just ask all those Bills players still pushing away fans. Uh, let's get to the next one here on this docket. Maybe a little less exciting. The Cleveland Browns, I don't know, 7-4 and four, going against the 5-6 and six Los Angeles Rams. This one's in LA. The Rams are 4.5 point favorites in this game. 39.5 is the number. Plus 180 for Cleveland on the victory uncertainty here with the quarterback situation again a dtr we'll wait to hear more clarity on him maybe we get pj walker but i don't know pat does this seem odd to you how is this cleveland this far away in plus four and a half i want the cleveland side of this game yeah it's just because the the browns offense is so dreadful with the quarterback situation joe like that's it and that's that's why i'm not really interested in either side of this game i'm, I'm mildly interested in the under though because that Browns offense is so dreadful and because the Browns defense is still very legit. Although I kind of want to see what's up with Miles Garrett since he appeared to be injured in that game. Like he, he, you know, just didn't seem like he was fully healthy. So I want to see if he shows up on the injury report. If he does not, then you can definitely interest me in the under. Under sounds good to me too. Look, defense travels, you run the football no matter who's playing quarterback. P.J. Walker has been competitive in some of these games. I don't have too many questions here. Like, I just think four and a half is too many points and too much respect for the Rams just because they beat up on the uh, Arizona Cardinals. Sam, do you see things differently? I don't, but I, I still struggle to buy into the Browns. This is one I don't have much of a lean on right now. It's just that, not that there's a lot of unknowns. I just can't get a read on what these teams what are know. again <laughs> yeah i mean like the rams yeah. <clears throat> the rams have been sort of all over the place this year in terms of their offensive performances we know what the browns are on offense and defense which i guess uh is contrary to my point but it's still uh, this i'd just rather stay away all right, let's get to the primetime games. Kansas City 8-3 and three, travels to Green Bay to take on the Packers. They are 6.5-point favorites at minus 112. 42.5 is the number. Green Bay is plus 240 on the money line. All right, so Packers, big win, extra time. Does it matter? Is the 6.5 safe here for the Chiefs, Sam? I think so. I, I want to buy into the Packers because Jordan Love has played pretty well the last four weeks since week nine he ranks third in epa per play seventh in success rate seventh in completion percentage over expectation and seventh in pff grade so he is playing much much better like he looks a lot more comfortable in the pocket uh when he's getting pressured that said it's been two games against the chargers and the lions which have some pretty bad defenses the Chiefs still have one of the best defenses in the league. I think the Chiefs offense, despite a couple of drops again in the game against Las Vegas, found their footing a little bit. I think they'll be able to run on this Packers defense, which got gashed on the ground once again uh, against Detroit. And I think, again, with the Packers zone heavy scheme, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey will just be able to take advantage of it a ton. Pat, your thoughts on uh, Green Bay KC? 
the difference between the six and a half points this is sitting at now and the seven points it opened at is uh, pretty monumental. I was mildly interested in the Packers at seven points, Joe, but uh, at six and a half, I, I just can't do it. it. It's something of a revenge game for Jordan Love because when he made his first NFL start two years ago, it was in Kansas City when Aaron Rodgers had COVID-19. It was very ugly, and the Packers' defense actually overachieved and threw a blanket on Patrick Mahomes that game. But Jordan Love like couldn't even pick up a first down that game, so uh, the Packers lost a low-scoring rock fight. I think we'll see more offense in this one, and I, I think the over is somewhat uh, interesting. But, man, I, I don't see value in either side, quite honestly. <laughs> I see value at the six and a half on Casey. Give me, give me the chiefs here to figure things out. They started off slow against the Raiders and they figured things out. I just think that's where they are. I think they're just kind of one of these teams that's just kind of floating around there. They know how good they are. And you know, sometimes they're not good enough and sometimes they don't execute enough. Now that pass rush in green Bay, if they can bring that, what they brought over to Jared Goff to Mahomes, that's going to be interesting. Uh, so we'll keep an eye on that. But right now I'm confident with a six and a half on KC. Last one here. Maybe this would have been a lot more fun a few weeks ago, theoretically, than it is now. The Jacksonville Jaguars at home, eight and three, taking on the Bengals at five and six. Joe Burrow set to have his surgery today. So we're not going to have him, obviously, rest of season. But the eight points is the total, is the number here, excuse me, that the Jacksonville Jaguars are favored by. It's a pretty good size number for the Jags. Uh, coming off a huge win, 39 is the over under plus 300 for the Bengals upset. Uh, your thoughts, Pat, on this game is eight too much or just about right? Just about right. I don't see any value in this. Uh, it, Jaguars are a really good team. It's sad that we're not getting a Joe Burrow, uh, uh, Trevor Lawrence matchup. That would have been fantastic. Um, the, the line seems right. I, I just, I feel sorry for the Bengals and having to go into this game without their, uh, their swaggy QB. So I, I don't think I'm going to touch this one. Sam, are uh, you touching this uh, Monday night contest? I'm not. I, the Jacksonville Jaguars are obviously been uh, a very good team this year, currently in contention for the number one seed, which would make my bank account very happy. But the Jaguars just like haven't totally been able to put teams away. They had the blowout win against the Titans a couple of weeks ago, but just a 10 point win over the Steelers, a seven point win over New Orleans. Like they're just, it doesn't seem like they're totally equipped to put teams away. They, they have one of the worst rushing offenses in the league. So if they are passing the ball a ton, and I think that's where one of the bigger weaknesses for Cincinnati's defense is, then for sure I love the Jaguars, but I'm not sure that that's going to be the case this Sunday. So, or excuse me, next Monday. So I, I'm staying away from this one as well. Uh, I like the individuals in this game. I like the ATN overs, whatever they're going to put them at. Uh, it doesn't matter. I'm going over. Uh, I like the Calvin Ridley anytime touchdown scored too. He has been red hot the last few weeks. I like that trend. Finally, it seems like things are going in the right direction after a lot of concern. But look, for all these picks, whether it's early or late, make them count. Go join our NFL contest at bettingpros.com slash NFL contest today. Again, we're doing weekly prizes, monthly prizes, uh, JSN autographed jersey for our big time winner. But if you want to get 
uh, that grand prize. You better get in now. Make five picks a week. You don't even have to make the wagers. Just make the picks. Have some fun. Start learning. If gambling isn't legal in your state yet, it will be soon. And this is a great way to learn. So go ahead and join bettingpros.com slash NFL contest or better yet, download the app, go to the community tab and join the NFL contest that way. And when you're on the channel, don't forget, it's not just NFL. We've got a lot of basketball coverage too. Fast Break Bets, your ultimate source for NBA betting insights with Matt Modi is every Wednesday and Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern. He's taking you through right here on the channel, so make sure you subscribe and comment because when you do, you have an opportunity to win a one-year free premium upgrade to betting pros. That'll do it for us, but the story of the game goes on for Sam Hoppin and Pat Fitzmorris. I'm Joey P. We'll see you next time, kids. Thanks for listening to the Betting Pros Podcast. If you love the show, the best free way to support us is by leaving a positive review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Follow us on X and TikTok at Betting Pros and Instagram at Betting Pros NFL. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash bettingpros.